0: do you have reached the Lisa Ann Gile podcast? Listen, I am coming to you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming at you. But listen, in a good way, in a good way, I am you here to everything predictable. So people, let's go.
1: oh spirit flow over my soul let your holy spirit come and take control of every situation that has boggled my mind. Take all my cares and burdens, Lord, to you I go home. Take all my cares and burdens, Lord, to you I go. Spirit, 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 Spirit. Spirit.
0: The Holy Spirit. I often refer to the Holy Spirit. You know, me and God, we're cool, and I have little, I have little names for him. And in my private time with God, if I am speaking with the Holy Spirit, I often call him holy. I say, hey, what's up, holy? Holy, how are you? I love you today, holy. It's it's my term of endearment with him. When I was growing up, and even as an adult, within the, with during the course of my lifetime as a Christian, so many ministers and teachers, even theologians will refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. It will help you, it will guide you, it will empower you. And I'm gonna be very transparent with you and very honest. It wasn't up until a handful of years ago, I was listening to a I was listening to a particular minister. And he was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And though I knew this, I didn't realize how much of error or how erroneous ministers were when they referred to the Holy Spirit as an it, and how offensive it must have been to God. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. He is part of the Holy Trinity and the Holy Spirit is not in it. So shame on you for every minister who who has taught and has referred to the Holy Spirit as an it, as if he is a chair or table in your house. The Holy Spirit is the gift giver. He empowers us to do right. He convicts us when we are in error. And he leads us into all truth. And I cried to God one day in prayer. And I said, I'm so far behind with my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because I was taught that the Holy Spirit wasn't it. And even pastors have said, you're not to pray to the Holy Spirit, only to Jesus. And I said, now that don't sound right. Now, how do I pray to Jesus and not to God or the Holy Spirit? This was his words. And I went home and my spirit was so vexed. I said, that is erroneous and that is inaccurate. So I want to tell every single person, every soul, That the Holy Spirit loves you and he is part of the Holy Trinity and he is a person. And he lives on the inside of you, should you have given God a yes to salvation. Salvation is the personal relationship between you and God. Now, I've said all this to say that, please, when you refer to this Holy Spirit, remember that he loves you and that he is him, not it. There is a scripture. Uh. there is a scripture a couple of scriptures i would like to just uh read out loud the first scripture is coming from matthew chapter 3 verse 11. and this is a From the, let me see, I believe this is an NLT version. Let me see what I have it clicked on. In New Living Translation uh, Bible, out of the Holy Bible, Matthew is located in the New Testament. And it reads, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater than I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is sometimes synonymous with the holy spirit because it is a fire on the inside that burns or should be the holy spirit is a warm feeling i've often heard people who have been healed by god they just they disclose a feeling of 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 warmth, a very warm feeling that, that 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 goes throughout the body. I've experienced this. Now, for those who are going to judge me, you cannot judge me based on my faith, saying this is crazy. Yeah. There are those who place fruit very look good, good fruit and and and, and good food. On a statue made by hands out of concrete, just so they could spoil and do it again the next day. Now, I think that's crazy when there's starving people in the world. I think it's crazy serving a man-made, let's just say, uh, idol. That you have to carry from one room to the next. When your God should be carrying you. So before you say that sounds crazy, you know. I I can't help you if you don't believe in the healing of God. You'd be surprised how many people have tried to judge me based on my faith. But I can think of crazier things in terms of religion. Now, I am not trying to be rude or, uh, you know, offensive. But I serve a God whose name is Jesus that rose from the dead. Rose from the grave on the third day. And by his blood, he has saved the world. He is resurrected and he is living. And while I am parked here, let me say this. I don't understand how one serves someone who is dead when he is either in heaven or hell. His or her life has ceased. And there is nothing more that that person can do for you from where they are. And then you want to pray. To dead people, make them saints. This may not be a popular podcast. It's all right, I have to stay here. Make them saints. When the Bible says that the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Why would I pray to Mary? Why would I pray to a saint? Made a saint by another man. When I have direct access to God through the cross. When they did not die for me and Jesus did. Now to me that makes, do you understand? I will kiss the feet of Jesus in prayer, but I will not kiss the hand of beads or a ring. The Bible says none should be called father but me. Now, I thank God for those who have the foundation of Jesus Christ in their lives and in their hearts. And for some, it has been culture. For some, it has been the only accessibility to an understanding because of maybe how they were raised. I guess that is also culture. And they their hearts are in the right place, but there's a a misunderstanding in terms of the correct formality or the correct way you come to God. And when you Serve an idol. An idol is anything you put before God, in place of God, or, or pray in, to instead of God. It is this thing or person is you worship and you pray to them instead of the one true wise living God, capital G. So I just wanted to clarify that it's a beautiful thing to serve Jesus, but it's not okay to commit idolatry. That is the Ten Commandments. That is going into the New Testament as well as throughout the Bible. Now, when I was in the hospital, one of the psychiatrists tried to tell me, well, uh, that I was preoccupied. See, and then let me tell you something about Lisa. I'm smart. I'm real smart. She had no other angle except to attack my religion and to paint a picture that I was Mentally unstable, but she had nothing else but my religion. So she wrote in the affidavit that I was preoccupied in terms of my faith, and that uh, in layman terms, uh, I was too religious. And this is this denotes. Mental illness. I, honey, when I read the affidavit, I was furious. I said, Well, she done picked on the wrong patient now. Because whether she's doing this out of an ego, whether she has a problem with me, whether it's for the money or for the check, she done picked on the wrong patient. So I got to talk to somebody. And I said, look, let me tell you before you bring this into court, let me tell you before you bring this into court. Because one was one doctor was Jewish and the other was Indian. And I said, Listen, you don't judge my faith, and I and listen, I won't say too much about yours. But before you try and criticize me and call me preoccupied and denote that as mental illness. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Doctor. So. Do you believe. That Moses stood before a burning bush that did not burn up but was on fire. But did not burn up and God was there and speak to speaking to him through this bush. Now be very careful. You, is, this your, is this your belief? That a voice was coming from a bush that was on fire but not burning up. Do you believe this? I believe that is your Torah. Be very careful what you answer. Now, if you say no, you're denouncing your faith, you'll be in a lot of trouble, I believe. And if you say yes, you'll sound just as, I said, well, if you say yes, it may sound like you need medication too. Does that denote mental illness? And then I addressed the Indian. I said, before you denote that I am crazy in court because I am, quote, unquote, preoccupied religiously. You have n- you have nowhere else to go but there. Do you pray to a dead person who is no longer breathing? And I obviously cannot help you here on earth because he is either in heaven or hell. Or maybe that is not even your belief. Maybe there is uh, some other... Ideologies you have in regards to faith. But I ask you, do you pray to a dead person? Do you put good fruit and food on a statue made by man and pray to it? When there are starving people in the world, and some people may think that's crazy. So I said, listen, I'm going to represent myself in court, but if you go there, I'm shutting it down. Needless to say, they didn't bring it up in court. (laughs) They didn't bring it up in court. But I tell you this because I have to make a public declaration and proclamation. One God. One faith. One baptism. Let me Google that because I I want to make sure I say it in the right order. That's scripture. That's scripture. That's Ephesians 4 and 5. Let me click there. Okay, so Ephesians chapter four, verses five through six of the New Testament located in the Holy Bible. And it reads, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. When you give a yes to God, the Holy Spirit then comes in because you have invited God to be your father. He comes in. He loves on you. He protects you. and, And listen, he never leaves unless you leave him first. But there is power in the name of Jesus. God is a healer. God is a deliverer. And the Holy Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity. And he is a person. He is a person and he loves you. And please, he's not in it. And this was just a small disclosure on the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me see if there's, an, is, if there's an additional scripture I would like to uh, just um, expound on. For supporting scripture, for what I just said, it would be Mark chapter 1, verse 8. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh And one more scripture I will read out loud as supportive scripture, as a cross-reference. Matthew chapter 12, verse 32, anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven. Sometimes we get angry with God and we say things about him that's not cool. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Either in this world or in the world to come and and the scripture before that is verse thirty one so I tell you every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Do you understand the seriousness? Of speaking wrong about the Holy Spirit. Against the Holy Spirit. It is a very serious offense. And it is an unforgivable sin. You will never recover from hell. Do you understand? It is a one way ticket. So the Holy Spirit. He is. Imperative. It is imperative that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you speak to the Holy Spirit. Daily. So the Holy Trinity is God, the father, Jesus, his son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Trinity. And for those ministers who have said, you don't speak to the Holy Spirit. You don't speak to God and just Jesus. You are in trouble because you have misinformed people. And you have, you have put in danger souls that would have otherwise communicated very openly with the Holy Spirit, received true truth, guidance, empowerment. And because you preach and teach out of your flesh, instead of allowing God to lead you on what to say, you have misguided and given misinformation about the Holy Trinity. And I hate to say it, but you are in trouble. The Holy Spirit loves you all very much, and uh, he lives on the inside. So make sure you know you give him a beautiful place to live. Don't set him up in some Motel Six and some some raunchy place. You know, you know, you want to give him linen sheets and a nice. Nice digital television and, you know, you know, you want the room service to be foods cooked from scratch. You understand what I'm saying. (laughs) The quality of your temple that he resides in. I was talking to somebody one day and we were going back and forth and I said, look, my holy, I said, look, holy, listen, listen. Holy got a good place on, on the inside of me, man. I done hooked up with some linen sheets, man. Listen, I said, and, and the other person said, well, he got a good flat screen with me. I said, flat screen, honey. No, I got him, I got him like, listen, he got this digital. All he got to say, look, <laughs> you know, who t- that's all ancient having him press the remote. No, that's, honey, that's ancient. He's got a, something digital. And all he's got to say is maybe TV and it pops up and, you know. And, uh, listen, I got him in linen sheets and, and, uh, his food is cooked from scratch, man. And listen, no tip, no motel eight for, for my holy. Nope. No, indeed. But this analogy is about giving God a beautiful temple to live in, to live on the inside of you. You know, it, your, your, your body is your temple, but it belongs to God, capital G. So, I just want to encourage you to to talk with him daily and hook him up with some linen sheets and a good digital TV. (laughs) Listen, play music for him in the background in your heart. And you'll feel the warmth of God like a beautiful blanket cover you from day to day. And remember, he loves you. And I love you too. Peace. This has been Alisa and Jael's podcast. My people, my friends, my family. You all, God loves you. I love you i